0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Blazin' Rye Radio. It's your boy Blazin' Rye. Uh, so, anybody out there like shaving? Well, no, most people don't like that. But even worse, buying razors. Now, a lot of times when I go to buy razors, I'll go to the Duane Reed or the Walmart or the Kmart or the CVS or the Walgreens or the Rite Aid, or what have you. Uh, By the way, I'll never go to Kmart or Walmart, no. Um, Unless I need uh, boat shoes before a wedding in Nantucket. Then maybe I'll go to Kmart. Anyway, anytime I go to buy razors, the inevitable happens. I step up to the cashier, and the cashier asks anything else, and I say, can I get uh, the mock duck butter Turbo 3 power fusion with wings and then what happens is that person will then give me the uh wrong razor or they'll give me the blades instead of the actual razor and i'll have to be like no i want the actual thing the actual handle and then i'll have to get the blades too by the end of the day it's about 50 bucks i'm spending on fucking razors so we have a solution for you. If you go to blazinryeradio.com, that's blazinryeradio.com, B-L-A-Z-I-N-R-Y-R-A-D-I-O.com and click on the banners for Dollar Shave Club, you can get high-quality razors delivered right to your door once a month for as little as $1 a month. You got $1, $6, and $9 razors. Of course, the quality of the razor goes up with the price, but still, 9 bucks is a whole lot better than 50 Anytime you want to upgrade or downgrade your razor, Dollar Shave Club will see you a new handle in the mail. So head to BlazingRyRadio.com. We have a great solution for everybody's issue with shaving. Hi, the razors. The price is too damn high. So go to BlazingRyRadio.com. Click on the banners for Dollar Shave Club. And, uh, you know, it's only paying one buck a month. It's a whole lot better than uh, what you're used to paying. Anyway... Uh, we have a great show tonight. Singer-songwriter Carrington McDuff is here, as well as rapper and nephew of Herb McGruff. Huh. McDuff McDuffie rather and McGruff. You know, similar names. Big Sess. Anyway, you're now entering blazinryeradio.com. We have a caller. Let me just six four six. What's your name? Where are you checking in from? Yeah, this is
2: big cease right here, man. From all in Well.
1: Oh, what's up, big cease? How are you?
2: I'm good, man. I just was listening, and um, I like how you messed my name up too, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you messed my name up and called me big cease, but it's all cool, though.
1: All right, cool. Uh, so. Uh, we can, (laughs) you're actually not scheduled until 845. How do you want to do this? Do you want to do a short interview now or a full interview at 845?
2: Uh, I call back at 845.
1: Okay, cool. Um, but (laughs) thank you for, uh, correcting me because now I'll know how to introduce you later.
2: Right, right, yeah. And if you want me to have call calling, I can have him calling too.
1: Oh, that would be amazing.
2: Yeah, I was just winning the game. I was telling him about it. So I text him there. And, um,
1: All right. Sounds he, good.
2: He could call the same number?
1: Yeah, the same number. The call-in number is the 917 number.
2: All right.
1: All right. Thank you, Big Cease. All right. All
2: right. No problem.
1: Talk to you soon. All right. So that was actually our, one of our guests who will be on later tonight uh he did tease just now that potentially we could have Herb, Mag- Herb mcgruff on the uh on the horn anyway uh i hope you're checking out com and uh hitting the the buttons <laughs> it's all buttons um, but uh you know it should be quite an interesting show it certainly started out as one thus far um so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you for a few minutes right now while I go get my tea. My timer just went off. The tea is ready. So I'm going to play you one of our most recent guests. He's the nephew of Bobby Brown. His name is Shiz Gotti. And this is just such a catchy song. It's called Type of Girl. We'll be right back with more Blazing and Rye Radio.
3: Is he the I just had to get I said I just had to get her, get her She's my type of girl I said she's my type of girl She's my type of girl And I just had to get her, get her, get her She's my type of girl That shit did get her wet though. Brown skin, she the baddest. Giant, way above average. Shorty, thick like cornbread, but she out here getting her cabbage. Fuck a whole night like Gladys. Pussy so good, gotta had this. Might fuck around and marries. Nine 99 nine.
1: That was shizgati with type of girl. Anyone out there ever had a zit? Yeah, I'm sure you you probably have. Uh, I have had the same pimple on my nose for like three weeks now. And I wasn't going to do anything at first because I figure, you know, usually I don't really get zits. I get uh, a rosacea, and that flares up like every day, um, though less After I stopped drinking, by the way, 100 days sober today. Uh, Mark that. Mark that down. I know 90 is the big one, but Monday, April 14th, 2014, 100 days. Um, Why that? By the way, why 100 not the day? I guess it's easier to count in 30 day increments. Anyway, uh, I tried my usual face wash and moisturizer. That uh, didn't work. Uh, so then I tried this, you know, my skin is very sensitive, so I didn't want to do anything crazy. So then I went for this Neutrogena stuff I found at the uh, uh, at the, uh, Tar-J, and it had like, um, you know, it was all natural. So I tried that. That did nothing. So then I tried Clearasil, and I feel like that kind of cleared it up for a couple days or so. I mean, not fully, but it looked like it was getting better, and now it looks the same as it did when I started. Uh, And the Clearasil, by the way, I was looking for Oxy. I always used Oxy before. Where did Oxy go? Did I fall asleep for about 20 years and now it's no longer a thing? Anyway, if you have any tips, call the call in number, 917-388-4131. Any tips for non-evasive skin care when it comes to one pimple on the nasal area? I don't think that's the proper word all right so we'll be right back with carrington mcduff this is yf kennedy with gold kisses you're listening to blazing rye
3: question do you like royalty baby do you i do
4: i do
2: do you like gold baby
4: i like the way it glitters baby is that
3: right it reminds me of gold kisses baby yeah baby
0: yeah Mm.
4: Like a king, my neck full of jury. R.I.P. the Trayvon, middle finger to the jury. Yeah. Martin got body, tryna fight for our rights. My cousin fighting the body
3: that come with 25 to life. My brother boss doing time behind the wall. Supposed to get out any day, I'm just waiting on the call. Baby mama still drippin', wanna
2: see me in jail See a nigga on a mission, on my way to a mail Money and power, my team, you better respect us On the rooftop helicopters, fly us, to Spain just for breakfast Members only the family, we operate like the mob She a goddess, she call me a god I give her god kisses the We'll make up. Take my dreams
3: on a cruise and see how far it could take us We we'll take off that apron if it's too hot in the kitchen They say we won't make it, I say them superstitions. I give, give them gold, gold kisses.
4: kisses, yeah, this the song you play For every, every, every movie, we hating day to day Yeah, we focus, but they focus on the money that we make So it's bottle after bottle, yeah, that's how we celebrate We give them gold kisses, Go them haters, yeah, we love them Give them gold kisses, Go give them bitches, we on We give them gold kisses, yeah, this the song you play. So it's always battle, ride the battle. Yeah, that's how we celebrate. the we go. Gold battles, ain't some space. Big houses living late. On the grind, getting paid. Tipping syrup in the shade. Every day I'm playing made. Fresh, fresh from head to toe. Me and Yachty running through Way out in Tokyo, ain't no limit to this shit Hit the club, snatch up, back Icy white, Icy rich Canary diamonds, yellow, yellow, leave them sick $1,000 kicks, sitting on my feet Valley fog after the club, leaving with two freaks Take them to the mess, best believe, I'ma knock them down Act a fool off in that poop, you know I spray clown Same, same, different day, private jet to the bay Smoking Kelly Taking out on a runway, do it year round, Monday to Sunday, do it year round, Monday to Sunday. Do, 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 uh, do Monday to Sunday. I give them God, kisses. The yeah, this is the song you play for every, every, every movie, hey, day to day. We focus, but they focus on the money that we make So it's bottle after bottle, yeah, that's how we celebrate We give them gold kisses, gold kiss Them haters, yeah, we love them Give them gold kisses, the Them bitches, we all we Give them gold kisses, the Yeah, this the song you play So it's bottle after bottle, yeah, that's how we
1: with gold kisses also a nephew of bobby brown by the way my first guest is a singer songwriter whose new ep is called only an angel please welcome carrington mcduffie carrington how are you i'm great how are you i am doing fine so tell me where are you right now are you in texas right now
5: i'm not at the moment i'm i'm actually on a bluff overlooking puget sound in seattle washington
1: well that sounds beautiful
5: it is beautiful. It's beautiful right now because it's not raining.
1: Got it. Uh, so I read in your bio, uh, Marv Frieden says that uh, you move revelation beyond romance into mysticism, precise delineation of the sensuous indestructible. First off, that kind of sounds like uh, Yoda. Second, <laughs> what, what do you think he means?
5: Oh, um, hmm. you know, I, I think it, it, it sounds like it's more clever than it really is. I think <laughs> he means that uh, that I write about love and I have a sensuous sounding voice, but I have an intellect and I put those two together, and somehow it bridges the gap. I think that's what I think that's what that quote was.
1: Oh, okay. And have you dabbled in mysticism?
5: Oh, he mentions mysticism, right? I dabbled, uh, n- not in an organized way, but um, I think I mm-hmm. have a mystical bone in my body. I'm certainly interested in a lot of what things that people would probably consider abstruse. But um, uh, uh, and I have been accused of being a mystic, but I I think that's just because I'm a I'm a showy poet, you know.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. My friend in college, Angie, we were in London, and she was very into mysticism. And I remember one night her saying, and then I felt this hand coming out of my elbow, and then she just seems crazy.
5: I haven't felt a hand coming out of of my elbow yet.
1: (laughs) But maybe one day. Uh, I'm hoping. (laughs) The same author also says that all the songs on your album, your new EP, reflect on and clarify each other. Uh, was this your intention uh, with when you were writing the songs? Are they supposed to kind of go hand-in-hand?
5: Hand? You know, it wasn't my intention when writing them to have them go hand-in-hand. Hand. I think it just comes naturally with, with a writer that we repeat ourselves with our themes, and, you know, they tend to naturally relate to each other, kind of like, you know, the colors that look good on you are the colors you have in your wardrobe, and then everything matches because those are the colors <laughs> that you have, you know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> but... Um, and these songs were pulled from, some of them were pulled from different periods, <clears throat> and I really drew on the ones that, uh, that I thought best suited the musicians that I was going to be working with.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
5: so they were kind of cho- chosen according to that, and that naturally sort of categorized them, or I don't know if that's the right word, but kind of put them together. And What, would, what, did, he, what did Marv say? It sounded better than what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> uh, that they reflect on and clarify each other.
5: That's it. Reflect on and clarify. Yeah, I I think that's just because um, the things that I write about tend to do to you know the the themes do intertwine, and it kind of happened naturally. And then you put that together with with um, the the musical style and sensibility, and it, it can really uh, knit things together in a way that simple ideas don't do. You know, but the actual. Music itself just does, like nature. Mm-hmm.
1: Sure. Now, tell me a bit about your upbringing. You were raised in New York City?
5: I was born in New York City. I was raised um, outside the city, so mm-hmm. I had access to rocks and trees and, um, you know, <laughs> woods and, and all that. Um,
1: <laughs> what are those things?
0: <laughs>
5: what are all those things? Mhm. <laughs> um just Rocks there. and trees and woods? hmm uh, well, those are those are basic elements of nature that I think were well. Okay, that brings us back to mysticism,
0: <laughs> because
5: I, I think those are are a part of uh, our our mystical heritage, um, our trees and rocks and w- nature, you know, rivers and and so that actually comes into my writing as well. So my my upbringing, mm-hmm. I did have access to woods and I played in them a lot, and that was a very kind of a mysterious thing. I was always aware of how the um, Native Americans from that area of the world had walked those same woods and that always gave me a shiver um, I guess that would have been maybe the Algonquins and uh, depending on what part of, I mean I was pretty far down close to the city but mm-hmm. um, so I, I don't know exactly which tribes but I remember having a very strong sense of that as a child um,
0: mm-hmm.
5: so yeah I, I was brought up in, in New York and um, My dad worked in the city, so uh, uh, there was always access to the city for us growing up, and that was exciting.
1: And is that how you found your love of music while you were growing up and visiting the city, or did that come later?
5: Oh, um, no, my love of music, I think think that's something that you're just born with, because I remember Mm -hmm. being in nursery school and belting out the songs and loving the way it felt to do that. And my dad uh, was a tremendous appreciator of music and had all kinds of things spinning on his turntable that, especially for the time, were unusual for people to be listening to. So I was exposed to a lot, and I remember just dancing in the living room to everything from Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass to um, to ethnic music that you didn't hear a lot. Um, he listened to Bob Dylan and a lot of classical music, and he listened to a lot of that red-hot-and-cool jazz. Mm-hmm. So I think I absorbed a lot, and Scottish bagpipers. I, I absorbed a lot through my dad, I think.
1: Cool. Uh, yeah. And I read, Carrington, that you have a gypsy soul. Does that mean you move around a lot, and have you found <laughs> a place to settle down at this juncture?
5: Well, that's a good I'm, – I'm glad you said that because I, I didn't uh, – You answered the question, which is really good, because I I actually am not the one who said a gypsy. I don't don't claim that for myself, but I I have heard that, and that Mm -hmm. has been said, obviously, in my bio. Yeah, I guess that's what that means. That's part of what that means. I do float around, and I have a hard time knowing what place is really home. I feel home in a lot of different places, and I'm very, very curious about the world and who's in it and what's going on in it and what they're doing there, especially musically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I try to pack a light bag. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: now, uh, your bio says that you are charged with the innate passion of adolescence. That sounds illegal. To me. <laughs> yes.
5: <laughs> but, you know, there are so many things illegal that shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
5: I, yeah, I guess that refers to what made me start writing songs, at, 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 you know, in adolescence. At that time, when the hormones are going crazy and and you just have so many oh passionate responses to the world that you don't know what to do with and and you're entering a state of colossal confusion, and mm-hmm. and one of the ways to to um, for me to vent that in, in a satisfying way was I guess to try to figure out how to write a song.
1: And did you start writing then as a teenager?
5: Yeah, you know maybe thirteen. I mean I've been writing poetry. All my life, really, since I could hold a pencil and um and I so the lyric part was already there, and I'd been singing in choruses and played a couple of instruments and so forth. I didn't play the piano, however, but my mother purchased a piano, a grand piano, which was very wonderful and unexpected and you know a keyboard's a very easy thing to to work on if you don't know how to play it you know it's not like a guitar, you can actually just Sort of feel your way around, and so i didn 't really know how to play a piano, but that 's the instrument that I used to write on because it was mm-hmm. available
1: right, and what other instruments were you playing at the time?
5: uh you know when I was younger, I played uh, some brass, I played a cornet and a French horn just briefly though um, mm-hmm. i was my parents moved me around and to different schools a lot, and so not all the schools had musical instruments offered, so that was kind of a brief time that i spent with it, but i've been wanting to pick the horn back up recently actually really and uh, yeah yeah i've been looking for a i've been looking for just a little starter cornet and thinking about the flugelhorn, horn maybe you know i have a french horn and i i uh it's just kind of an unwieldy instrument for someone who packs a light back so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've been thinking about that uh, playing around with it a little bit but that takes you know time discipline and focus and i've been a little bit. Um, drawn into a lot of other things at the moment. So, but I'm, it's okay. on my mind, you know.
1: What do you think brought that to your attention? What inspired you to want to pick up the horn again?
5: Wanting to be able to contribute on stage in a way that I have not done, because uh, I'm really a performer and a vocalist. And I'm, you know, I, I'm not a keyboard player and, and I'm not a guitarist, so I don't play an accompanying instrument. But I would love to be able to play parts, just, you know, horn parts, something like that, um, where I could be part of the band instrumentally. And a horn comes very naturally to me because I've, yeah, it's, um, you know, I do a lot of, I I work as a voice actor. I do a lot of dialects and different kinds of character voice. And I can do a lot uh, um, with my mouth. You know, that's where my talent is, really. And Mm -hmm. so a horn is, as opposed to, being a guitarist. I mean, just looking at a guitar and you have to use both hands and each hand does something different, you know, mm-hmm. makes me feel like a total bimbo. So,
0: <laughs>
5: so, um, yeah, that's what made me brought that back for me. Yeah, and wanting to what, participate that way.
1: Um, w- what would you say your best dialect is?
5: Oh, Scottish, to be sure.
1: <laughs> yeah,
5: I <laughs> no doubt. I get cast for that a lot.
1: I can tell uh, that it was see, very I did good. The part of a, I'm sorry? That, that was very good.
5: Oh, yeah. I did the part of a Scottish dwarf in World of Warcraft, uh, the video game. And I wow. was cast by folks in L.A., and they actually flew me there to do it because, amazingly, in the gigantic talent pool that is L.A., they could not find the right voice with a good enough Scottish accent. So they flew me in <laughs> to do... Uh, Merla, the uh, what was she from the Wildhammer clan?
1: <laughs> did you know about Adore. the video game at all? Did you know? Did you? You must have I'd had heard to of research it. the character. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, no, I had heard of the video game. I don't know video games well, but mm-hmm. I had the writer and a really good director were in studio. No, I, it was a last minute casting, so I just flew in, got into the studio, and you know, boom, with a good engineer and director, um, that's your job as a voice actor. So no, I didn't do any research. They just gave me some background and then roll.
1: (laughs) I did a (laughs) play, uh, at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2005, where we had to, for part of the play, we're playing characters with Scottish accents and, uh, the Scotsman wrote a very good review, four star review of the play uh, however, there was one negative part, and it said these uh, actors' Scottish accents are truly terrible. They sound like they're from Ireland, Jamaica, or some unknown realm.
5: Oh, I like the and unknown I'm, realm.
1: I'm pretty sure that I was the Jamaican guy, and my friends Kate and Darcy and Heather were the unknown realm, and my friend okay, Joe was the Irish. A
5: Yaman with the spliff. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> um, so, But, you know, we put the show together in a week. What do you want? Uh, yeah,
5: so, that sounds you fun. That must have been really fun.
1: <laughs> it was, it was. Uh, and that's tough.
5: You know, doing a Scottish accent in Edinburgh, that's, you know, mm. that's
1: tough. Mm, I, w- yes. I
5: wouldn't, I- I'm sure they would criticize me roundly also.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, pro- you would probably get a closer country than, you know, Jamaica.
5: Right, I might be within the realm of the of the of the human
1: world maybe <laughs> uh, so let's what do you say we play some of your music okay all right um, can you tell us about the title song of your e p only an angel
5: What do you want to know
1: what's it about
5: what's it about um, well it's not claiming um that only an angel could do such and such, or only an angel. It works the other way around, where, um, where the singer is claiming she's only an angel, that's all, and that's why. So I guess um, she, she, maybe that means she's not fully human. She's only an angel, so you can't blame her, you know? I don't know. Uh, it's kind of a love song um, in a way. Maybe it's about the spirit behind uh, a love affair. And, um, yeah, I I don't know how else. I'm not sure what else to say about it.
1: Okay. Is that the the, track
5: you were thinking of playing?
1: Yes. Is that all right with you? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Sorry about that
5: lame uh, explanation, but hopefully the song will speak for itself.
1: I'm sure. This is Carrington McDuffie with Only an Angel. We'll be right back with Carrington.
6: Way down deep in the heart of the Lone Star State She fell for him where he awaited his fate She came to rock his world By the time she fell He was expecting a girl But she was only an angel It broke my heart again I had to fly right over Texas Where it was running like a big white river Down to the sea I'm gonna jump out
1: Check her out at CarringtonMcDuffy.com, and you can purchase her new EP, Only an Angel, wherever digital music is sold. But you should probably purchase it at Uh So <laughs> there's uh, your McDuffie, and then a little later, it looks like we may be having the rapper McGruff. So the names are quite cool. – si- I know you guys are similar anyway, but the names are pretty similar.
5: <laughs> oh, that's cool. A couple more <laughs> Scots, perhaps.
1: uh so you were influenced carrington by the uh, by folk city in greenwich village now did that the the one that i I think of uh bob dylan richie havens joni mitchell did that uh exist when you were coming up is that the one that your bio is talking about
5: yes it still did the tail end of it existed um Mm -hmm. at that time i think george gertie's owned it still and um and I, that's where I performed my first open mics, uh, and I, you know, and I was briefly with a little vaudeville act that was managed by Richie Havens. Richie died recently, really? didn't he? Yeah, he
1: did yeah.
5: Yeah. Anyhow, yeah, that's the Folk City, and um, and then it. I'm trying to think when that closed. I don't remember, but yeah, that was exciting to to be doing that. At I don't know how old I was. I was a, probably 17, maybe thinking mm-hmm. maybe
1: was uh Richie Havens a nice guy?
5: He was a nice guy. I didn't see a lot of him uh he was a nice guy, but he was uh kind of in his own world and um <laughs> you know so uh but he loved to sit and talk and he would do most of the talking, which is fine. He had a lot to say um yeah, and he he booked us into some interesting venues sometimes. Not the greatest match in the world, but it was uh, always an experience.
1: What was the least matchy venue you played?
5: I would say the least matchy was probably my father's place on Long Island. It wasn't the the venue; it was really that we were booked to open for the band War, and we were a little kind of fly-by-night vaudeville act, and not at all what the audience wanted to see.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> So, oh, you know, but that happens sometimes. And every time you're on stage, you learn something.
1: Were you received well, or were they thrown tomatoes?
5: Oh no, no, we were not received well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't recall anything actually physically being thrown. But for sure, they were. They really, they were ready for war, and we were just getting in the way. You know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were ready for war, so they waged war against you. Exactly. And I read that this this group, this vaudeville troupe. It was a fly-by-night vaudeville troupe. So if you can only fly at night, does that make you a vampire?
5: (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, we did a lot of day work, too, I must say. We did a lot of work on the – yeah, yeah. So I guess not. We worked on the Venice boardwalk a lot, Um, Mm -hmm. and that's a daytime scene for sure.
1: Yeah, now that I spent almost 2 years in Los Angeles and I anytime I was like absolutely miserable, I would go to uh oh. I would go to Venice Beach. So when I recall that place, I have very negative connotations with it, but I read in oh. your bio that you found perfection there. So uh what is it about that uh area that you loved so much?
5: At the time um what was going on in Venice was just really fresh and really fun and uh well for and it's so great to be uh on the ocean you can't beat it i lived on the beach and i could afford it because that's how it was then it was you know there weren't any movie stars living there it was considered dangerous no one wanted to come out to the beach because for fear of getting their car stolen or or at least keyed you know mm-hmm. so so we were left to our own devices a lot out at the beach and we had a lot of fun uh we meaning the, the neighborhood of artists and musicians and 'er ne'er-do-wells and we had the beach to ourselves so I I have a lot of positive associations with it you know and yeah I performed Mm -hmm. on the boardwalk a lot and it's just you know it's always great to be on the beach.
1: Yeah Uh, and this performing with this uh, vaudeville troupe I read that at this point is when you embraced the vaudevillian art of entertaining by whatever means necessary now this sounds dangerous to me for instance i know some ladies of the night who also have adopted this philosophy entertaining <laughs> by any means necessary now what do you mean by that
5: well i never found that extreme to be necessary uh, <laughs> but i guess what i mean is a willingness to entertain that without, um, see, there's a certain almost humility that comes with this because you give yourself over to the audience and and you really want them to be, have fun and be entertained. And, uh, you know, so that's what you're, yeah, that's what you deliver yourself over to. And you have to be really willing and you have to be willing to be goofy and silly and um, get laughed at, make a fool of yourself. Not that, you know, and you can, do a really good job and be very clever and uh, it's not like you're always being foolish but that is one thing that you have to drop completely is your sense of self-consciousness and and, and, and that, that leads to a good performance. You know, if you know your limits and your boundaries, I think that leads to a good performance. Right. You know, um, just being willing. I learned a lot traveling. I hitchhiked around Europe quite Mm -hmm. a bit, and I learned a lot about that there also, where, you know, it's different traveling now, because we all have so much access to technology to guide us, but at the time I was doing that traveling, you know, if you didn't know the language, you just had to figure out a way to talk to people, and it really brings you out of your shell when you do that, and that's like performing, too, you know, you have to come out of your shell and be willing to uh, completely relate to people. And that part about making a fool of yourself is especially important because that's the, where the, a lot of the creative spirit comes from. Like, you know, in the tarot deck, the fool, here, we'll get mystical for a minute. You know, the, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. the,
5: fool, sure. the fool is the archetype, uh, the most creative of the archetypes because he's totally willing, you know, to make a fool of himself.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: And if, if you're too self-conscious, you'll put strictures on yourself and your creativity will get stifled. So all of that has to do with with the vaudevillian spirit for for me anyway.
1: Right, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Especially with I, I come from the world of uh, theater and with with acting, same thing. If you're too self-conscious or too I guess in your head is a phrase we use a lot, then it, mm-hmm. it does it it doesn't allow you to take the risks that you should be taking with the character you're playing or whatever. And I think that's similar to what you're saying.
5: Exactly. And 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 even in voice acting, well, especially character voice, you're not on the spot in the same way because you're not on camera or on stage, but um, you still have to push the limits of, um, of, of a character to really find the voice. Like, and I think this is true in acting too, right? Don't they say push it beyond where you think it should go because you can always pull back from there.
0: Right, um, yes.
5: You know, as opposed to just going halfway and then trying to, like, eke your way further to make it good enough and full enough. And um, so you have to, again, yeah, you have to be willing to get pretty goofy sometimes.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you're you're in L.A., and then you start commuting between L.A. and Seattle. What drew you to Seattle, which I guess you're there right now?
5: I am on here on business at the moment. I, um, yeah, uh what drew me here? Well, um things were changing in LA and I had the opportunity to move to Seattle and get an, I was involved with somebody who was living here and setting up a project studio and I just was feeling I think the trees and the the giant trees and the water um drew me a lot, all the green uh I just was sort of craving that and um yeah. And so I wound up doing a lot of commuting back and forth because I still – I had voiceover clients in L.A. But Seattle's a beautiful place.
1: Did so, you start commuting during the, like, the 90s Renaissance rock era, maybe? Yeah. Is that what maybe that, drew you?
5: Mm-hmm, yep. Partly. That's part of what was going on then, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. I started doing a lot of spoken word then. That's when I started really getting into spoken word. Right. And uh, – yeah, doing voice acting and also a lot of spoken word performance, poetry, and and um, some pretty esoteric stuff. Actually, it was a whole different phase.
1: Hmm. Wow. You're really a a Renaissance woman who is quite nomadic, huh?
5: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to that seems to be bearing itself out. I, you know, I hadn't <laughs> pictured that when I was younger, but that seems to be what I've been doing
1: well i think it's great you can if you feel at home in all these different places rather than just one place that's that's awesome
5: oh yeah and texas has been wonderful um it's just there's it's there's so much music there and so much uh it's a lot of well austin in particular and people are just really friendly and uh it's it's a crazy vibrant culture there and I've really enjoyed that. The, the only thing about feeling, feeling at home in different places, because I do still feel at home in Southern California and in New York and other places as well that I love, Hawaii and Key West. And there's all sorts of places I've spent a lot of time that I just love. But you can get a little spread out, you know. <laughs>
0: so mm-hmm.
5: you have to kind of keep your keep your focus on your – you know, I let my work be my focus as opposed to the place that I'm in.
1: Right. And then maybe your work uh, brings you to the next place.
5: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly.
1: Hmm. Now follow the, my, follow the leader. Uh, the <laughs> uh, now, the only reason I think that I would really want to move to Texas is that uh, Friday Night Lights is the best television show ever. Have you have you seen it?
5: I haven't. No, I, it sounds like I need to.
1: <laughs> oh, you must! And a lot of it is filmed in Austin. So anytime there's somebody who has any association with Texas on the show? I'll recommend Friday Night Lights, the TV show, not the movie. Oh,
5: okay, okay. Oh, I'm gonna check that out. Well, wait, are you where are you? Are you in New York? Where are you?
1: Yep, I'm in Brooklyn.
5: Oh, you're in Brooklyn. Yeah, I lived in Brook- I lived in Park Slope. Well, long before Park Slope was hip.
1: Oh, nice. I lived in- I, yeah. I'm in Sunset Park, so I'm just a few blocks away from Park Slope.
5: Right. Gosh, I was just there
1: a few weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What were you doing here?
5: Uh, I was visiting with my PR team and um, doing some voiceover work, and also my family's all in New York. My mom is still there, so I, was, I have sisters in the area, so I was doing some family visiting as well. And, you know, just wandering around the brownstones of the Park Slope because I hadn't been there in a long time.
1: Does it look different now than it used to?
5: I don't sort of, think it looks that different, but I think mm-hmm. my mind changed, it, it, you know? <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
5: Do you it's like it better now that? or worse? Oh, I don't know. It, I, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> a better or worse thing. I I think uh, it's cleaned up a lot, of course. I lived there, I'm trying to think, in the 80s. So
0: mm-hmm.
5: um, it was. I, I lived on Fifth Avenue, which was really borderline and considered quite dangerous. And now it's pretty yuppified. It's very nice, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
5: I don't know if I have a preference between those two. I you know, there's a there's a certain life that every neighborhood has and phases that it goes goes through. It was interesting to see it after a long time.
1: Sure. Uh so yeah. we're just about fresh out of time. I have have like two more pages of questions, so I hope you come back. Um but uh let's close with this. In your bio I read a quote of yours it says I think there's always going to be a part of us that just wants to sit on the porch, swing, and listen to music. Uh, Can you kind of explain that quote a little more? Oh,
5: I think just the pleasure of kicking back and letting the strains of music fill your head and just be observing and absorbing instead of doing. You know, we're always out there doing, doing. And the porch swing, to me, I guess represents that. It's that Southern way of kicking back and just taking it in. And music has so much to offer us. All you have to do is just sit back and listen.
1: Sit back and listen. I like it. And, Carrington, will you record my outgoing voicemail message? I would be happy to. (laughs) All right. It has been a pleasure. Check her out, CarringtonMcDuffie.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a good night. All right, that was Carrington McDuffie. Check her out, CarringtonMcDuffie.com, and follow her on Twitter at CarringtonMcD. All right, so we have Big C's coming up. Now, here's the reason why I messed up his name before. Ah, I said Big (laughs) Cess. Now, the reason is because I was thinking about it beforehand, before the show, is this big Cest or big C's? And I was thinking in my head, thinking in my head, Blazonets, that there used to be, I think there still is, a little C's, lil C's. And I believe that he was tight with Lil' Kim. So, and I I think that his name was spelled, I could be wrong here, but I believe it was spelled C-E-A-S-E or something very close to that. Now, I thought that since this is spelled C-E-S, that it would be Big Cess. Well, I was wrong. And for that, I apologize. Uh, So it looks like Big C's is going to be on in a moment. In the meantime, let's play his new song. It's called I'm On It. And this is Big C's featuring Peter Rose and Fred, the godson. Be right back with Big C's.
4: These bitches say I'm acting hella weird now weird Since now. I got my money up, I, I don't care now Real niggas in my circle kick them squares out Fuck out. watching the throne, I'm in the chair now yeah. So how you feel? I got the product, niggas know the price Ride that Impala, I be living a dirty life Smoking that drama, you can smell it through the engine pipes Nigga, want a problem, you can have it That's a guys, that guys, huh? Uh, I said a million ain't enough I sold at my 21 and every Really wasn't much I work overtime Under pressure Hard up in the clutch I know niggas That they eat your food That's quick to let it bust ah. mirror on the road Getting heavy brain, Wearing heavy chains Up in Marin Blowing Mary Jane Very strange How I rock foxes In the summer Just so I can feel Like I'm a stunner oh, I be up all night Night Fucking mad bitches, so Moving at work, work Spreading my business I'm on it You can tell that I'm on it up all night hey. fucking mad bitches hey. Moving that work hey. spreading my business i am going own it i am my own it hey, am yeah, yeah. own to yeah. Pop two molly Now I'm super horny uh. Sippin' all this Remy I got all these females on me hey, baby. Ice all drippy I'm the coldest
2: in the city Straight cash the committed uh. Is you rollin' with me? What? Headed out of town And I'll be back in two months uh. So much coke in the Fender uh. Fender flood Virginia so much right in the bumper, I'll be right in the summer, I am fed and with fizz. When they gon' free my father, trade pound revolver, I am gripping the chrome, big seats got it feels so good to be home yeah. All the world they just zone uh-huh. Linux have I'm on uh-huh.
4: Gotta watch for the feds uh-huh. Fire taps on the phone work. I just did 15, 15 Look what yeah. prison did to me uh-huh. Got me paranoid. paranoid I can't let them get to me yeah. Gotta watch what you purchased Cause that work wasn't working uh-huh. Nigga, sell me some BS So
0: you know I gotta uh-huh. look go up I be up all night, night Fucking mad bitch, be. at work, hey. work
4: Spreading my business i my own name Tell that I'm on it, yeah I be up all night, yeah Fucking mad bitches, yeah Moving network, yeah
0: Spreading my business, I'm on it You can tell that I'm on it
4: it. Spreaded ego, I'm on it You get an E for effing And I don't really care effing She know how I come on these records, yes. So she want me to come on a leopard dress. Some raw, the rest is chef It's much more, it's just compressed. Gold though is the best. My youngins they buy pal. Get locked, I supply the bell. Shoot, yeah they ride with shell. Move a pie as well. It's like I'm on weight watches, high by scale. Now even customers snitchins, call it clientele. <laughs> I attract bitches with the fake ass. Even niggas act like bitches with their fake ass. Real nigga. These are Slavery bars that you can fill, nigga yeah. Fred and Ego, we still set up shop CBM, we do it for the block Still bum Junior Mafia, Ken Big C's, now spreading Big C's I said I'm still bum Junior Mafia, Ken Big C's, now spreading Big C's, it's Fred and Big C's. Uh, what up, I nigga? be up all night, but night Fucking mad bitch, bitches. moving that work, work, spreading my business I'm I'm on, I'm on it, yeah. I be up all night, night fucking mad bitches, moving that work.
1: Featuring Peter Rose and Fred the Godson with I'm On It. And Big C's is apparently fucking bitches all night. Um, and he should be here in a minute. Now, uh, boy, you couldn't get a, a more vastly different array of music than what we're bringing to you tonight. Only on Blazon Rye Radio will you hear Carrington McDuffie's Folky Americana And Big Seizes and Fred sons Fucking Bitches with I'm On It. Both very good songs. Uh, So Wednesday night, uh, our good friend Kelly Jean Fitzsimmons is doing another Know You Tell It. This is uh, the, the show that I did that I talked about a little bit on the program before, a storytelling show where you get together, you workshop some stories, you have a theme, and then you tell each other stories on stage in front of people, in a theater, where you can perform. Um, I'm Bert Hurt-Bathley, or whatever his name is. So, Kelly Jean Fitzsimmons, Erica Merritt Iverson, and Mike Dressel are happy to invite you to face fear itself. Please join them for a night of stories about overcoming, accepting, and fighting fear with produce. I don't know what that means, but it'll have switched-up stories from Candace Clift, Dana Kwanek, Janine T. Abraham, and Edward Campbell. By the way, I just got a Snapchat from Jeff Stevens. He abuses the Snapchat. Jeff, if you're listening, please stop snapping. Please, for the love of all that is good in the world, just lay off. Step off. I really hope he's not listening. I don't want to get beaten up. Hear a story, have a drink, and maybe win one of their special <coughs> prizes <clears throat> designed by Carolyn Ra- Rayship. The artist who created their fabulous fear itself image, which you can see on Facebook. No you tell it is a sorry, I should say that again. No, you tell it is a reading series that switches up the storytelling. Each No You Tell It performer writes a true life tale and then trades with a partner to present each other's stories. Visit www.knowyoutellit.com for more information and to listen to previous installments. You can there listen to my uh telling my friend Valerie's story and her telling my story from the previous Know You Tell It which was all about lock and key was the theme. Um No, You Tell It on Wednesday is at Jimmy's number 43 in New York at 7 o'clock p.m. I realize that I will probably be unable to attend because we have Blazin' Ride backstage that night at 9, so it will just kind of overlap with No, You Tell It, unfortunately. So I am sorry, Kelly Jean. Uh, I plan to be on the next one. Try not to have it on a Wednesday. Uh, And Jeff Stevens. Please stop. All right, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to try tracking down our guest. And, whoa, geez, you hear those emails go off? Good Lord. Uh, Let's see who else I could play. Well, since we had Carrington McDuffie on prior, let's play another song by her that would make the most sense. And this song is also from her new EP, only an angel, which apparently doesn't mean only an angel can do this. It means, I'm only an angel, man. What do you expect from me? Uh, And this is Carrington McDuffie with Fly Away, and we'll be right back, I think, with Big C's... also the nephew of rapper herb McGruff. please welcome big c's c's how you doing tonight
2: aye, aye, aye. <laughs> what's up, man?
1: not much man what's going on with you,
2: you No, know, i just you know it's a blessing to be on your show tonight man it really means a lot shout out to the whole blog talk radio thank y'all for having me up here today
1: well we appreciate it uh of course you're welcome anytime uh and you uh have a new song we just played called I'm On It. Uh, what is that song yeah. about?
2: <laughs> it's just about... Um, well, my verse was, you know, was, 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 uh, very true, I can say. It's a good song, though. I like it. Man, all together. <laughs> It's,
1: it's yeah. the internet, so you can, you can say whatever you want.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, no, you know, I just came home from doing 15 years and stuff, so, Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm just doing, I'm just doing rapping now and I'm not trying to go back to jail, man. So that's why I really thank y'all for, for having me on this show tonight, like, and supporting my, my upcoming career, you know. And um, I definitely told everybody about this this interview today as well.
1: Awesome. I appreciate Um, it. uh, Uh, You uh, you just mentioned uh, that you were locked up so at 14 years old you were uh sentenced to spend 15 years in a correctional facility uh right. now that must have been you know as a as a 14 year old and learning right. that you have to be kind of on lockdown until you're well into your adulthood that must have been right terrible
2: yeah it was crazy man like you know i really miss my family and friends that you know I grew up with. Like I when I got back into the world it was like everybody was grown. Like I didn't see infant babies and then like to come back and see like these people driving cars and getting in clubs and all that. I'm like, oh hold mm-hmm. on, dude You're
0: just <laughs> like you
2: just had a bottle in your mouth. You know what I mean? Last time I seen you and now you all grown up now. But you know um right. oh, yeah.
1: But the good thing and about different. that was that some of the administrators in the place recognized your talent, and they uh, built a studio for you.
2: Yeah, they actually set up a studio for me to record my album slash mixtape slash whatever you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? They they set that they set that up for me, and um, it was a blessing and really, you know, came out to my favor.
1: I feel like most yeah. detention centers would not do something like that for their. Yeah. Uh, inmate yeah. so yeah
2: yeah no nah, they they definitely wouldn't though but it was you know everybody like a lot of people called rock with me and they they all fuss with me so it's like they like you know what we're gonna do him a favor because he really talented and he don't cause no trouble so they did that and um and we just got it together and we, we put my project out
1: nice yeah but, uh... but, but
2: you know like about the project, though, it was like, when they set that up, they told me that it was only certain topics I couldn't talk about. Like, you really couldn't glorify selling drugs or going into kind of stuff like that. Like, um, they had a lot of creative control over the project. Um, Like, I couldn't curse. Everything had to be ready, like, radio edited and stuff like that. Like, but I couldn't say a curse word at all when I was writing a rap. Do you understand what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Is it yeah, a release? Is it a nice release to be able to curse now?
2: Yes, that's why I had to say <laughs> a couple curse words in that song you just played with Fred the Godson.
1: That's, yeah, something that's, that's about fucking bitches, right? <laughs> I'm
2: like, yeah, you gotta put that fucking bitches part in. aye, <laughs> oh, <yeah>, aye. <yeah. laughs>
1: and how, how do you know Fred the Godson?
2: Um, I actually met him. Like, came home, I, I met him, and he just like, yo. He really just put out a mixtape from from jail. Like, he really recorded in jail a mixtape. He like, yo, I got to help you out as much as I can. Like, I got to. And it was like, the feeling was mutual. So it was like, big shout out to Fred, man. Fred showed me a lot of love. And, you know, I'll return it. Like, Fred is a good dude. So we we did the song, and then it was right there.
1: Nice. Uh, He
2: like, he like, because when he met me, he like, yo, I'm going to bring you to the studio tonight. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, right. So he called me, he's like, so where you at, see? And I'm like, (laughs) really want me to come? And he like, aye, (laughs) aye, (laughs) aye. So then I was there. So that's how I happened.
1: (laughs) Uh, You're from Harlem. Do you think that being from there uh, influenced you musically?
2: Definitely. Most definitely. And I'm sorry Mm -hmm. if I sound like this. I lost my voice from these last two shows I just did, back to back. So that's why I sound like that. But back to your question, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I feel like people hold me to a high standard because, you know, I'm from the same same block. You know, shout out to Uncle McGruff, Mace Cameron, and the whole diplomat. So it's like I got to really top them, you know what I'm saying?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. is, Is Cameron still writing rhymes that don't make any sense? <laughs> Come on, please don't, don't go into that, because if you ask me,
0: I'm going to tell you, I don't fucking hear. Sometimes I'll be like, what the
2: hell is Cam talking about?
0: <laughs> now, that's yeah, what well, thing No, about that's good.
2: You no, know, look, that's one thing about Big C. He ain't going to have bite his tongue. I'm going to always tell you facts. I'll be like, what the fuck is Cam talking about?
1: <laughs> you are not the only one. Uh, and you were yeah, heavily influenced by your uncle. You mentioned McGruff. Uh, how right. so? What role did he play in your musical influence?
2: Like, McGruff always been there for me. Like, even, like, musical through life, everything. Like, I always, you know, looked up to him, man. He's just like, yo, one day I'm going to pass the torch to you. And now, here it is, man. Like, he helped me out as much as he could and stuff like that. But, like, mm-hmm. But I'm going to keep it real. You know, Gruff is um is a more street rapper, I should say, about, like, throughout anything. I try to go versatile as well and try to make songs for the ladies and stuff like that. Not saying gruff don't have them, but he choose not to. Like, um,
0: mm-hmm. you know what I
2: mean? I'd say if, if I had to pick more, like, I'm more like a mace because I can go versatile.
1: Right. You get uh... what I'm saying? Yeah, um, right, that, right. Is that. Well, that's that's good from a like a commercial standpoint, right?
2: Right, right. Yeah, man.
1: And tell that's me a bit it. about your new mixtape, Straight Cash. Is this the one that you released from prison? Yeah, that's
2: the one that I, I released from prison. Um, and like one thing about me, um, I try to switch my flows up a lot on every song I get
0: on. Mm-hmm.
2: It's me when you hear that. I yeah. yeah. See, like, that's big seats right there. Every time. So, yeah, and I feel like um, it was my first project, and I just think it's a dope project. And, the, and to keep behind it hundred it, you, I'm going to always keep it real. The mixing was not all together throughout that whole thing, Like right? You know what I'm Like the mixing master could have been better. But you got to understand where it was done at. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I imagine you don't have access to all the equipment that would make it sound super yeah, professionally that super,
2: done. Yeah, right. Now, some mm-hmm. songs is, good, is great, and some is, uh, is, is like, so, I mean, the mixing of them. All the songs are dope, I'm saying, but I got great feedback from the whole project.
1: Yeah, well, the one that we played sounded great. I'm on It sounded great. You there? Uh Uh-oh. The call has been lost. All right. Let me see here what's going on here. Let me just see what's going on here. Uh, All right. I'm just writing down the number just in case he doesn't call back in. I can try calling him. Oh, there we go. Hello? Hey, C's. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I got this cheap-ass track phone. <laughs> it's, it's no problem. What are you on the Metro uh, PCS or something?
2: Nah, I'm not playing it's an iPhone. It's just I lost service because I'm driving. That's all. Oh,
1: okay. Um,
2: <laughs> who
1: do you think? Uh, who do you think is really killing it in hip hop right now?
2: Right now, I'm gonna say, um, Ross. Man. I like Rick Ross. Man, I can't lie, man. Rick Ross got it. I'm going to say, and I'm not biased, you know what I'm saying? I'm going uh-huh. to keep it real, Rick Ross.
1: I'm not going to tell you somebody's all because I'm from That's not it. It's Rick Ross. hmm Rick Ross. Uh, that's Ross. fascinating. A lot of the people that we have come on the show, they do not like Rick Ross. <laughs> there's
0: some,
1: there's some anim- animosity there, uh, you know, because
2: oh, we've
1: had, like, freeway Ricky Ross on, so obviously he has issues with Rick Ross.
2: Right, right, right. I mean, you know, they don't really got nothing to do with me. Like, this mm-hmm. is a person that's talented musically. That's all that matters, man. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I don't, I don't know that guy personally, but I like his music. I can relate to a lot of his music, so that's why I choose to rock with him. Sure.
0: Yeah, whatever and... problems,
2: whatever problems, big boy got in the street, man. They ain't got nothing to do with Big C.
1: Where can people find your mixtape by the way? Is it on online to download?
2: Um, it's actually soundcloud.com. And you can type in I M Big And you can and find just it right there on SoundCloud.
1: Go to your SoundCloud. Is it download can people download it there?
2: Yeah, definitely. Nice.
1: Definitely. Uh, you mentioned you See, had reason two shows
2: The put it they put it on that tip and uh, live mixing because I wasn't sure if I was going to change the name. And I was, because me and my manager was talking, we was going to make it, going to change the name to Live Behind Bars. And once it's officially up on them DAP sites and all that, you know you can't change it. Mhm. So that's why I just threw it on the sound, and we're going to see how I rock on the sound cloud. Like. Again, you know, so they both go, go from there.
1: You want a little room to adapt. Yeah, yeah. Right, um right. And is, uh, you mentioned you had two shows back-to-back the other night. Where were they?
2: Right. Um, that one was downtown Park, New York, and the other one was in Elmwood Park, New Jersey. Yeah, we
0: How saw
1: did they there.
2: go? Uh, where, where, where was you at? You should have been there. Why are you I
1: don't, there. I don't know. I should have. I would have been there if I knew about them.
2: Right. And I would have hollered at the promoters and got you in free. Oh, man.
1: Next time. Next time. All right. right. Do you have other tour dates coming up? (laughs) Huh? You have other tour dates coming up?
2: Um, Actually, I do. I got to get with my manager. I'm not sure. But Mm -hmm.
1: um,
2: I shall be posting up on my Instagram very soon, though.
1: And your Instagram is also at I Am Big C's, right?
2: I Am Big C's. I-A-M-B-I-G-C-E-S. You know, you can hit me on there. I definitely will respond. Nothing's too big or too small. I'm a humble guy, you know what I'm saying? But whenever you're ready to reach out, whenever the listener's ready to reach out to me, I'm here. I'm a hands-on artist. I never want to be Hollywood
1: in this industry. Never. That's the way to be, very accessible and open to your fans. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, Big C's, we're going to do something we always do on the show. Um, we're going to play a game it's called Hot or Hot Mess," where I give you Big Cs a list of things, and you tell me if they're hot or a hot mess. Are you ready?: um, All right. All right Let's open it up. the the All right, First up, on hot or hot Mess. Justin Bieber, is he hot or a hot mess?
2: <laughs> oh, he's a hot-ass mess, man. <laughs> this guy's crazy, man. He's crazy.
0: Uh,
1: uh, hot-ass mess. I like that. And right. how about Miley Cyrus? Hot or hot mess?
2: See, Miley on TV, Aye, aye,
1: aye.
2: <laughs> It's just something about Miley, man, that I like, man. She, yeah, She's definitely hot.
1: How about... Kanye West, hot or hot
2: mess? (laughs) Hot ass mess. I'm going to say hot ass
1: mess. (laughs) It sounded like that pained you to say that.
2: Yeah, because, like, I like Kanye, but, man, that guys he's terrible, man. That guy's a trip. I'm going to say hot mess, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How about... Jay-Z coming out with Nas at Coachella over the weekend. Was that hot or a hot mess?
2: Uh-oh, I didn't even know about that. You just told me something I didn't
1: know. Uh-oh, yeah, I just heard about it today, too.
2: Yeah. Well, damn, I ain't know about that. I'm going to have to look on Worldstar, so...
1: Yeah, go check, oh, check it up. out. And then tell me yeah. later if it's hot or hot. Right.
2: <laughs> uh, but, man, I'm, I'm going to say that's a hot mess because... Them two are OGs in the game, man. You know what I mean? They, I don't know them two personally, but, like, yo, they legendary. And I feel like they shouldn't even have been doing that. Like, oh, they got to pull each other at the side, but nobody was there and
0: talked about that. Mm-hmm.
1: Whatever mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. All right. right. So we'll give give them a hot mess, too. How about yeah, an, another Justin? Justin Timberlake, hot or hot mess?
2: Um... Always been a, always been a fan of Justin on a low. Now I'm going to say, man, no homo, but hot, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know what I'm
1: Uh-huh. And last up, <clears throat> actually, second to last up on Hot or Hot Mess, uh, Nicki Minaj, Hot or Hot Mess? Hot.
0: Smoking. Smoking hot.
2: ay aye aye. I love her. <laughs>
1: Man, I need one of these catchphrases like like you have. That's so cool. What, what's ai, my ai, ai,
2: catchphrase? Is that what ai, ai. <laughs> That's my guy right here. <laughs> uh,
1: And last up on Hot or Hot Mess with Big C's, this is Biz Marquee beatboxing on our show. And you tell me after it's done if it's hot or a hot mess. Here we
0: go. <laughs> oh, oh.
1: What do you think?
2: That's hot. Like he needs to put some mouthwash in his damn mouth. Like, (laughs) damn,
0: that's (laughs) it.
2: Nah, that was dope, Joe. Nah, that was dope. I'm playing.
1: (laughs) Alright, so. The artist is Big C's. Check him out on SoundCloud at I Am Big C's and Instagram at I Am Big C's. The mixtape is yeah. called Straight Cash. The new single featuring Fred the Godson is called yeah. I'm On It. And uh, anything else you wanted to talk about before we go? No, I just want to make sure people
2: get my uh, my name and my spelling right. Like, you, know, you spell my name B I G C E S. It's Big C s Like a lot of people call me Big Sets and I've been trying to tell them. Like even my family do that. I've been trying to tell them, like, yo, come on now. You know what I'm saying? they might just well, dumbasses, you're fault for spelling it like that.
0: <laughs>
2: but, but nah, that's cool though. So you can definitely find me. Um, everything is I Big C's, I A M B I G C E S. That's it, man. Shout out to All
0: right.
2: hold on. Shout out to you know. I mean the plug spot for having me up here today. Shout out to everybody that's listening, man. Just thank you all for this opportunity. And you know what I mean? Nothing, man.
1: The pleasure is mine, sir. Thank you so much for coming on and and we'll talk to you soon. Oh.
2: All right. All
1: right. Uh, Thanks. Shout right, out DC. to
2: Gio for making this interview happen. All right.
1: Bye. Shout out to Gio as always. Have a great night, all
2: sir.
1: Right. All right. All right, that was Big C's. Uh so Remember that on Wednesday night, we got and Rye backstage, and if you haven't heard that show before, it is totally different from and Rye Radio. I hope the audio was okay tonight, because it sounds a little odd in my headphones. I got no snare. I got no snare in the headphones. Um, should ask him if he liked Eminem. Hmm. Damn it. Really screwed the pooch on that one, Holmes. All right, so... Uh, you know, go fuck bitches and um and and play some uh of the oboe or whatever Carrington was talking about. And uh you know this show. I hope you did as well. I hope Mika comes back soon. She's sick. I, I know you all know she's sick in the head already, but she's actually like sick with some sort of cold. So shout out to her. I hope you feel better. Go check out Know You Tell It Wednesday night at 7 p.m., and when you're done with that, check out Blazing Ride Backstage at 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. I think this week we're going to switch it up a bit, and we'll have the usual conversation between me and Weeks and the usual joke-off and the hot mess, sorry, jack-off, with the Wizard and, and Wikimons, but we're going to throw a little interview in there with the guys from the app Sportal, which is a, right now it's a basketball pickup game app. But I think, uh, I think tennis might be next, which would be great for me. By the way, played tennis yesterday at McCarran Park in Williamsburg with my friend Adam Zion. Adam, as, or as I like to call him, Iron Lion Zion, he got in a big fight with this dude who was on the court who just was on the court by himself practicing his serve. Now, I got to tell you, I think after careful consideration, I'm on that guy's side, the other guy, not my friend. He waited for a long time. He went on. He hit. You know, he, he didn't have a partner, but he practiced his serve, and that is necessary if you're going to play. you got to practice your serve somehow. So I can think of no better way of ending the, show, ending the show than by saying if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. Hit the brakes, Florence, and if you have a Barbie doll, bend her backwards, burn her knuckles on the stove, chop off her hair, and leave her in some drawers somewhere. Good night, everybody. See, See you the
6: house start to blaze, the, and the sky is turning pink Gosh, what will the neighbors think? Cause here it is tomorrow again We could share a perfect day, But we've danced the night away Guess you'd better hit the hand Cause here it is tomorrow again We saw the sunset in the sky Soon we'll see the dawn Mother Nature's about to rise And Father Time is marching on Did you hear my daddy yell We've been leaning on the bell Kiss me quick and run like sixty Cause here it is tomorrow again